clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Simultaneous catch. <laughs> well, I'm done. You're done, man. You know, calling it. We're gonna night. we're gonna do sl- we're gonna do sloppy simultaneous catch one of these days, and I'm gonna do a shot every do a shot every time Josh is just done with Adam. Well, <laughs> yeah, I might, might die. Most of the times it's at the very beginning of episodes. <laughs> Welcome Let's to say. simultaneous catch, everybody. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. I'm Josh Lapping. We're excited after week one to be back with you again. Here we are. Football's back. What a glorious day it was until I got sick at the end of it. Well, that's just like every two weeks for you, though, really. Yeah, I don't understand why I get sick all the time. But, uh, I feel like you were doing a little bit better after I made you start taking vitamins. I still take vitamins, so maybe I just had a bad week. Maybe you've outgrown the vitamins. I don't know. I'm feeling better now. Your Although body, I did switch to different vitamins, so maybe... Your body has outgrown them. So, like super am I just doomed now? You're just going to have to just continually get new, better and new better vitamins. vitamins oh, wow. Yikes. Every year or so. <laughs> so much pressure. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, folks. This is what it's like living with us. We've got <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about after a crazy week one. There Do were, we? There was upsets. There was Minshew magic. There was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Patrick, not so magic. Uh, See, there we go. We had a lot to talk about. There was MVP Josh Allen. I mean, it was just a great weekend. Yeah, MVP Josh Allen. On track to get that single MVP vote, though. Yeah, absolutely. At least one. At least one. It's looking good. Uh, It's more about, and I, I realized this as I was watching, because, like, if he plays consistently like he played against the Jets against every team this year he will receive votes you know what I mean like that's it's more of a it's I'm, I'm not so sure Adam I think if somebody fumbles the ball 32 times over the course of a year they okay. might not receive that's vote. okay okay this is a really interesting question though so if you fumble 32 times but you also throw 32 touchdown passes rush for 16 and throw for 4,900 do you still get MVP votes I would say no that's a that's a huge stat line that's probably that has never happened in the NFL ever 
somebody who's had 4,000 passing yards and 16 rushing touchdowns. And 32 fumbles. That's a lot. <laughs> That's still, like uh, my Madden quarterback. It's so. exactly your Madden quarterback. <laughs> and he's won plenty of MVPs. So, But no, I, I honestly think if you took the stat line from week one, multiplied it across 16... He he might he might get one, but it would he would never win the award. Okay, well then we'll just clean that one part up and we'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, I desperately want. I know this isn't how I intended on starting the show, but there were numerous times that you would get excited, and I'm sure all of Bill's mafia would get excited. But I dreaded every single time he ran. Well, then we need to. I think we just need to talk about this game and talk about. We'll we'll lead it into the. Bills Dolphins matchup, but we should talk about this because I think this is a good topic. Because this is the new NFL quarterbacks that run and throw. Like the best quarterbacks in the NFL do that. And guys, you know, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, like that's the new era of quarterbacking, Russell Wilson. So I guess I'm just curious as to what's different about Josh Allen running and Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson takes just as many hits. Does he? Yes. I feel like he doesn't. Actually, last year, Lamar Jackson took twice the amount of hits as Josh Allen did. And nobody and, and, and everybody's on Josh Allen about it, but not Lamar Jackson. I'm just curious why that is. I really have a hard time believing that stat. Okay. Uh, but at the same <laughs> fair time, enough, fair enough. if that is true, I think it's because Josh Allen welcomes the contact, where even if Lamar's getting hit more, it's not... I'm going to run over you right. and try to lower my shoulder right. to pick up one, two, three extra yards. So, so in your opinion, it's this is a, again, this is a really good conversation to have because I mean, this is arguably Josh Allen's best part of his game. This is best skill set is that he's six foot five and he could run people over and run around people. So, do you believe that regardless of whether or not it's something he's best at? He needs to eliminate it from his game. No, I'm not saying eliminate it. I okay. think that's almost impossible. Right. Because, and even why should you? Because he obviously is very gifted and talented right. while doing it. Right. But that doesn't mean you need to do it, I don't know, four times on the opening drive of the 2020 season. Yeah. I just feel like there are times in place to do it. And, and he's still a young quarterback. Right. I mean, it's his third year. Third year three. Year. So. There are times that there should be, I don't even want to say design runs, because there will just be times when he finds himself in trouble and can run out of it. But I also feel like that doesn't mean you look, take the snap, look for a split second, then decide to go. I feel Mm -hmm. like you have tremendous wide receivers to let a play develop and and throw and use that arm that you've been gifted with. And so obviously, I, I agree with you, I think... He is an extremely gifted runner, but it's just, it really, really scares me a lot of the times when he runs. And it makes me think of this comparison, which isn't as, it's it's not super clear cut, but he reminds me of Big Ben in the way. is like he can escape, okay. he can do things when he was young, and Big Ben's obviously still playing extremely far into his career, right, but right. we've started to get marred down by injuries, and yeah, we don't know yeah, what may absolutely. have been if he didn't take the beatings and the contact right. that he did earlier on in his career. Right. And I just don't want to see a, a talent like Josh Allen because even as a division rival, I, I tremendously respect this game. I don't want to see that talent get cut short yeah. because we could have a handful of splashy plays. Right, and I and I will say this. I'm not 
I'm being contrarian right now just because it's good for the debate and because you know I do I like I don't want that to be eliminated from his game at all. But you're right. Like nobody wants to see him just take random hits that he doesn't need to take. I will say this: as somebody who's watched every single snap that he's had multiple times, I I do think that while yes he rushed 14 times I believe on Sunday and he took some hits, he was already he already was being smarter with how he was taking a lot of hits. Which is I know it's a lot of people would look at it and be like really, but like no like. In Josh Allen's rookie year, he would literally lower his head and go right into the gut of people sometimes. Like, there were some things like, and he, this, I mean, his rookie year, one of my favorite highlights, obviously, of him leaping over Anthony Barr, but he's not trying that anymore. You know what right. I mean? Like, he's not doing stuff like that. He's not as Casanova, Kamikaze anymore. But he, there's still room to improve. I will say something that really made me nervous, uh, and it, it was fascinating to go into the psyche of a fan of football. I was listening to the Bills show that they do every every day, One Bills Live, and Chris Brown, one of the beat reporters for the Buffalo Bills, talked about Allen all, all week. Like, I think one of Allen's best traits that nobody talks about is how self-aware he is. Like, he knows where his weaknesses are. He knows where he needs to work. And obviously, this is not like an egregious example because everybody knows you can't fumble twice. But he was he was on it the whole time. It was never he didn't make any excuses for it. He's like that needs to get better. I need to get better. And he talked about how the reason at least one of them happened because one of them he went up in the air and it fell out was he said he was worried about bracing himself for a contact against the ground and that's why the ball popped out, which makes sense. And. The reporter applauded him for saying that because Josh Allen said, next time I won't worry about bracing myself. I'll just focus on the football. And he was like, that's great. I was like, that sounds awful. Were we really applauding people not protecting themselves from getting hurt just because we're so worried about the football? I don't know about you, but I would much rather Josh Allen not break his arm or his neck and fumble the football than hold on to the football but break his neck. Oh, of course. And that it made me very uncomfortable that somebody didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? Maybe, obviously, I, I don't think that they were talking to that level of extreme, of course. <laughs> but still, like, it made me slightly uncomfortable that somebody was like, great, don't protect yourself. Hold on to the football. I was like, ooh, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Well, obviously, I think you raise a tremendous point, And I think oftentimes self-protection I think more so in recent years it's become more of a thing but I mean even I can't remember which player like got their helmet ripped off last week and continued on with their run yeah and which was that was very scary and I mean he did end the play a few seconds early uh to make sure he wasn't hit uh so but things like that happen where I feel like at times it's always like I will worry about the game, the the factors, the football, whatever you want to say. Right. But I, I, so now to be contrarian to you though, so Josh Allen says like, yeah, like I'm aware that I did that. We need to clean it up. Yeah. But this isn't like a new thing. Like this has been happening. I yeah, feel like absolutely. If if there are two knocks against Josh Allen, in my opinion, it's his fumbling yeah. and deep ball accuracy. Mm-hmm. And so while to be like, yeah, like I'm working on it. I mean, like this is this is not new information. So yeah. is it is it better just to be like, yeah, I'm aware of it, I'm working on it, but like, are you? Are you really? I'm not worried about it. I really am not, and I'm a, you know me, I'm a worrier. I worry about literally everything all times, but I'm not worried about it. I, I've seen I've seen Josh, and I know again this is something that he's had an issue, but again we just talked about it. it's only his third year. 
and I really think that like I've seen him clean up almost every other area of his game. I mean, the people were talking about that the deep ball accuracy was the only thing he had, and then he couldn't do short and intermediate, and he just he completed thirty three of forty six against the Jets defense, of course. But like, they're still an NFL caliber defense. They were a top five defense last year. Yeah. So like, I I just saw him dissect the defense and complete 70 plus percent of his passes something that people said he would never be able to do so like i've seen him clean up areas of his game so many times before that i'm really just not worried about it and i do think that there are gonna be i don't think that he's ever gonna be a guy that goes on a streak of what what was the what was the player we were watching the other day where the announcer was like he never fumbles it was was joe mixon and we were watching the thursday night football game (laughs) and joe buck goes he never fumbles and it was so funny to us but like i don't think josh allen's ever gonna be that like there, are, there are always going to be plays where he fumbles every now and then, and that's going to hurt and it's going to upset me, and that's fine. I'm, I can, I can come to terms with that. But he's going to, they're going to be like he's not going to have every game. There's at least one, and he's not going to lose two as many times as he has. You know what I mean? I really fully believe that that's going to get cleaned up. It just makes me you know? anxious, 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 because <laughs> there are going to be games. And there have been games right. where when that happens, you're not going to be playing the New York Jets. Right, so it's right. going to ma- matter. Yeah, I mean, we talk about I mean, it. Even when it happened against New York, that yeah. helped spring. Well, yeah, I mean, we were, drive, we were up so. 14 nothing when the first one happened, and then we were up 21 nothing when the second one happened. So obviously, it didn't, like, hurt us. But, right. But it, the game could have so been, the right game could have been 35 to nothing. So, it, so it's, I think, in a, in a lot of ways, easier for. Allen to be out there like after the game with the headset being like yeah like we made these mistakes but we just won a really good football game and everything worked really well instead of when I don't know playoff time comes yeah. and you fumble and they go down and score and that's the difference and in the, that's game. the game you're not yeah, going to be able to right. sit there and be like yeah, I'm aware I did that I'm going to work on it like you yeah. can't you're not going to sit there and well, be okay I mean, about it I understand no, and like I'm I'm in agreement on that point for sure. But there's something to be said, I think, about having the mentality of, like, I know I messed up. I'm not going to stop working on it, regardless of whether or not it keeps Well, no, I, I absolutely agree. Regardless I mean, of remember that, years yeah. ago, like, my big thing, one of the big reasons I'm so anti-staffer is because when they were like, are you going to work to improve on these things? I said, I don't have to. Yeah. And that bothered me. So I 100% right. agree right. with you. Right. But I just... I'm weary of taking it light, yeah. lightly. Yeah, and I mean, I like I said, I I know it's not it's not one of those things where I'm like it's just it's gonna happen. You know what I mean? I'm just not super worried about it because again, I've just seen this kid progress so much. More so, you know, taking Lamar out of it because Lamar is it for you know the 2018 draft class. But like he's progressed exponentially further than the other three quarterbacks that were taken. Uh, two of which that were taken ahead of him in that draft in Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold that I have confidence that he'll just continue to grow, especially with the offense that they put around him. Um, and, you know, I wanted to, you know, when I, when I made the comment about the, the injury and, and protecting yourself thing, I wanted to, like, loop it back in and not just be a tangent. But I'm saying that, like, that all comes into play with just playing smarter. Okay. You know, I don't want him to not run. I don't want us to not call running plays because – Sometimes there were so in the four Allen's played four games against Miami in his career. Mm-hmm. In those games, the running backs have combined for ninety carries and three hundred. Oh, is it like three hundred and thirty yards? Right, okay. which is like three point one, three point two yards a carry. Not that great. 
and Josh Allen in those four games, 29 carries, 318 yards. That's over 11 per carry. He's got about 60 less carries and has only rushed for about like 10 or 15 less yards than his running back. So it's clearly one of his best things he does, and I don't ever want to limit a player from doing that. But he just needs to be a little bit smarter, and maybe you go out of bounds instead of taking the runner, the defender head on, or learn how to slide. I know it's hard for a six foot five quarterback to slide, but you did play baseball, so just learn how to slide a little bit. And I saw him do it a couple times in the game, and that's what encourages me about it. I saw him a couple times duck out of bounds when he could have like lowered a shoulder, and I know for a fact when it ran over the quarterback for a first down. You know what I mean? So, um, but it leads into, you know. What's going to happen in this Miami game? Uh, I think it'll be very fascinating, and you know it's going to be fun to watch it together. Um, we haven't watched a ton of. I feel like obviously we went, we've gone to a bunch of Miami Buffalo games, but when was the last time we watched one on TV together? I don't know if we ever have. I was going to say I don't think we've like watched one on TV together, so I think it'll be fun to watch this Sunday for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be a fun one to check out. Yeah. I. I don't know how much I have to talk about that game. Uh, oh, no, that's okay. We don't really have to talk about it. I was just kind of, you know, trying to connect all the yeah, no, tangents yeah. into one point. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, obviously, uh, there's going to be no Edmonds or Milano. So Is that, wait, wait, was that announced for either, both of them? Yes. Oh, shoot. They are hurts. both out. Are there, I know they were both day-to-day. Uh, which also makes me sad because... Do you I have wanted a, Edmonds to have a good game. Do you have Do you have all the ins and outs right now for the Buffalo, or do you just saw that those two? No, people... I just know that that news because uh, our because I know that our two backups were hurt too, and Tyrell Dodson. I was do injured. not know okay. about those. Doesn't two. say I didn't see. Um, Ooh, that's rough. The other thing that I think is super fascinating to talk about Buffalo though, real quick, is that Zach Moss had four touches within. When it was five yards to go mm-hmm. in the goal line, and Singletary's had two of those yeah. in his thirteen career games. Yeah, I mean, and I find that fascinating. What's fascinating to me is if you watch Singletary's college tape at FAU, I felt like he was an incredible goal line back. Like I know he's only five seven; he's a smaller guy, but like I'm, he had thirty two touchdowns in one season in FAU, and half of them were on the goal line where he just made one guy miss and it was a touchdown. Okay, it's just it it blew it blows my mind that he never got goal line carries. Like it's not even it's not even like they gave him opportunities and it just didn't work. It's like and he, he literally, doesn't, literally doesn't get any opportunities. And I you know maybe something will change at some point. I don't know, but I think that they want Moss to be the guy down the way of the goal line, and that's fine. You know what I mean. I just thought that was an amazing but, stat. But yeah, it is pretty Dude incredible. In his first career game. For, and, and that's why they drafted him. I mean, they wanted him to be the inside zone runner and run up the middle and, you know, pass catch out of the backfield at times. So like I and I, I one thing I was encouraged by with the offense because I mean, I'm a huge Devin Singletary fan and Zach Moss. I was very pumped when we got him. I mean, he was my second favorite running back in the draft behind Clyde Edwards-Helaire, but there was no way we were going to get Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um but, you know, he was on the field a lot, but there were also a lot of times where him and Singletary were on the field, and I love when teams do that. When you put two guys that can pass catch out of the backfield, and you don't know which one that they might hand it off to, or they might be in passing routes or stay in pass production, like whatever. I love when offenses do that. Okay. So I'll be fascinated to see you know, if that's a thing 
and a trend that will continue more because I think that by halftime, Dable threw out his playbook and was like, let's just run every simple play that we have. We don't want to give anything else away. I really think, like, if you really pay attention to that game, like, our offensive creativity took a huge dip after halftime because we were like, look, we're up 21-3. We'll probably be okay, so let's just take things slow here. And a lot of teams, I mean, Baltimore did the same thing. If you look at Baltimore, um, there were a couple of games where I was able to use Game Pass and watch every play. Like, Baltimore was the same thing. After they went super up on them, there was no more creativity in the offense. They just kind of were like, let's just go vanilla because we don't want to give anything away routing the Browns right now. (laughs) Week one of the NFL. (laughs) But we just spent the first third of our podcast talking about the Buffalo Bills. I didn't really think that we would. Although, it was funny that when we started our podcast, every episode we were like, oh, sorry, I don't mean to talk about our team so much. (laughs) And then remember one of our friends was like, we love when you talk about your team because it's your team. You know what I mean? Somebody did say that. So. Nice getting comments. Well, so yeah. you got a rant re- recall. Let's get back I on. Do. I do. I track. Here. I have a rave. All right. And it's about the Washington football team. Nice. Uh, I. It's a really simple rave, and it's a little bit of a bigger than football, but as you know, we talked about it on our on our podcast about Ron Rivera being diagnosed with cancer. He's been going through chemotherapy uh, while still coaching the team, and at halftime of the game against the Philadelphia Eagles, he had to get an IV drip at halftime. And Dwayne Haskins reportedly stepped up and gave the halftime speech in lieu of Ron Rivera and gave like this really rousing speech. Then they come out and score 27 to zip in the second half and upset the Philadelphia Eagles. And look, I don't know if this Washington football team is for real, if they're going to win a lot of games this year and surprise people. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them with how great that defensive line looked uh, in that game. But I love every second of this story. I just think it's incredible. We love Ron Rivera as a human, as a person. We talked about his thing with Good Morning Football and Peter Schrager. Well, we just talked about the relationships he's developed through the NFL. I obviously have a lot of affinity for him because of Sean McDermott and coaching the Bills, and he talks about how much he owes for his development from Ron Rivera and how much he draws from him from his time in Carolina as his defensive coordinator. And this Washington football team also in this time of social justice changing their name that we you know long overdue, but there's just so many positives happening about this team right now. And I know it's only one week, but there's just so many like this team is one of the teams on more of an upswing than a lot of the other ones in the NFL. And I'm happy about it for them, for the community, for the team, for Dwayne Haskins and for Ron Rivera, who we continue to pray for and hope that he gets, you know, he continues to recover and hopefully that cancer can go into regression or remission. Sorry, uh, but I just I can't rave enough about the coaching staff and just the heart, the heart of a champion that that team had in that second half, just dominating the Eagles, who a lot of people did pick to win the division, myself included. Um, obviously, they had injuries on the offensive line and running back and things like that, but they're still a great team, and, and Washington punched them in the mouth after halftime after this huge speech by Haskins and, and just the example that Ron Rivera said. Like, I mean, just think about it. Think about being at work, right? And like not just like an office job or whatever, but like, <laughs> but like, like a high-stakes job where midway through your shift, you're like, oh, I have cancer. Let me just get an IV drip real quick and then come back. You know what I mean? That's insane. So I could I can't rave enough. I feel like if somebody does that in their office job, but that's still uh throw some still impressive. That still impressive. <laughs> yeah, well said, my friend. Well said. I have a rant. Oh, great. Going to talk about instant replay. Ooh, okay. And 
first of all, I think it's a it's it's a good thing that the league has it, and obviously it's, good it, it's a good tool. But it, in a lot of instances, it just irritates me that it gets in the way of football. Okay. So this kind of overlaps from last night, like the whole Giovanni Bernard touchdown. I feel like you know that was called a touchdown on the field. That's like a matter of split inches. That was he's like, oh, is his is his knee down under this guy? We can't really tell, but more likely than not, it is. And we would never know that if there wasn't a high def camera zoomed in on this guy's knee underneath another guy where these guys are out there playing football at full speed i feel like that's just something where especially it's even worse because they got pushed back from the inch line and didn't score a touchdown which was off it totally flipped the game it it did they were willing their way back into it and who knows i mean you never know what would happen if he hadn't scored the touchdown but just to get down to the inch line, have a touchdown call, and be like, hang on, let's go look at this real, real close. Oh, wait, no, never mind. I feel like that's getting in the way of some football plays. Some other things happen uh, in actual week one where wide receivers, they have great toe taps, but on the second one, the ball bobbles out of their hand just a little bit. It's not losing control, but it's like, oh, they lost it a little bit. It came out of their hand, but they still have it on the sideline after they left the sideline. It's like, just let them play football. It's like, these guys are doing incredible things that only, I don't know how many players in the league, 700, something like that, 700 people in the world can do professionally, and we're saying, no, like, this doesn't count because we have cameras looking at you from every angle, dissecting super slow-mo what the naked eye can't see because the naked eye saying, yeah, you have it, but let's make sure this technology can take it away from you. And that bothers me a little bit. And obviously it's done some really good things for the game. It helped, it's helped clean things up. Yeah. But I feel like there comes a certain point when a lot of people talk about how it slows things down. And if there's something egregious that you're like, let's go look at this. Yeah, absolutely. Utilize that tool. But to be like, well, hang on. Let's go look at this just because we can. No, let them play football. I don't really remember the like I can't picture the replay I know the play happened I, I was watching it as I was walking into work okay um, so I know the play happened I know it was called back and then I saw them get stuffed on the goal line and didn't score and I was like wow that's a huge play because I think it was at the beginning of the fourth quarter some, or end of the third quarter something like that yeah it was it was late in the game but it was um, when they certainly had a chance yeah and then I mean obviously they kind of crawled back in at the end but then kinda. they were kind of um, but uh yeah, so I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how I land on that because I mean, I obviously defer to accuracy over everything. I don't know if I want somebody See, clearly I think, not. I think there's, stole, there's, I there's there's a difference. Like the Nick Chubb, there was one where where he got called back because he didn't, yeah. and like that was. Yeah, like you could see that he was clearly touched down well before yeah. the white paint. But with that, that was a matter of literal inches. Whereas, yeah. like, really, like when. So was it? When so was he, it? So when was he it, scored the touchdown. Scored is yeah. in air quotes. Everyone's like, "Yep, that's a touchdown." Right. And they're like, "Well, hang on." Like, like there's differences between plays. You're like, "That could be a touchdown. Let's go look at it." Or that's a touchdown. Wait okay. a second, is it? Okay. And I, I feel like say, I feel like if it's that's a touchdown, it's it's a touchdown. Okay. Yeah, I mean. And I just feel like this is this has been years 
years in coming. I mean, think years ago to the infamous Pittsburgh New England game where the tight end Jesse James, Jesse James, where like that was a touchdown. They're like, hang on, let's go look at this. I do think that that was one I would agree with you on. I don't again, I don't have a lot of credibility on the Gio Bernard because I don't know what it looks like. Um, I certainly don't have any problem with it being close and being called back if it didn't cross the plane or somebody was down. But, like, that's a play where I agree with you. Where, like, he catches it and he clearly reaches across the line and scores, but it comes out as he's going to the ground. It's like, oh, not a touchdown. But it's like, he he would that, see, that's where I would agree with you. It's also the Dez thing where, like, if you're catching the ball and the only reason that you're, you're putting the ball in, quote-unquote, harm's way is to cross the plane to score, then if it fumbles after it crosses, that's still a touchdown. Where, like, you're in a situation where, like, if Jesse James doesn't think I need to score here, he doesn't fumble the ball. He brings it into his body, and it doesn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? And I don't think it's – it's just not a matter of just scoring. I just feel yeah. like it's where these things are, are called certain ways. And, and sure, maybe, maybe the Des thing – it warranted being looked at. Yeah. But there are just times when I feel like now anything, I mean, these refs, I mean, it's an extremely hard job. We've talked about that, but these refs are paid to do this professionally. Like they should be able to look at their eyes and be like, this is what it is. And they make the call. And I don't feel like every single call that's a little bit dicey. They need to go, well, let's go take a look at this. So question for you. Do you think touchdowns should be called yards before they have? (laughs) I can't even finish this in. Yes. Oh man! Just so you guys know, Josh did do a little PIAA raffing, and I did. He once told me a story there, about there was a kid that had a breakaway <laughs> touchdown. No one. First of all, also I need to preface this with saying this field was not marked, so there's no yard markers, and I I called a touchdown when he passed like, the five yard like line. Five yards before it's so funny. Uh, no, I I I I cannot. <laughs> All jokes aside, I can't honestly say that it's something that I have cognitively been aware of. You know, I've never really thought, man, do we really have to review this? Maybe I would have felt differently when we were watching the game live and, you know, I watched the whole replay. And obviously, like, I think – did you have this rant before last night or did you – or is that what prompted it? I mean, because in my head, I think partly it was because you wanted the Bengals to win because you're low on the Browns, and maybe oh, that caught well, you mad. I mean, I'm not sure if that played a part into it, but like, I'm just saying that I've never really thought about it that intensely. So now that you bring it up, I'm probably going to be more aware of it. But I do think it's, I do think it merits the, the discussion. It's not just something that was stemmed because I wanted <laughs> the Bengals to win. I didn't think. I think the Browns clearly deserved to win that game last night, and they they did. It was a very good game. Um, it was a great game. But it just it just bothers me when I think more and more it's becoming a crutch instead of a tool. Fair enough. And that bothers me. Well, folks, that was Rent Ramp Recall, sponsored by PIAA Refing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that kid, though. I, I called him Mini Prime. I love that. Because it was just, they handed the ball off to him and, and he's he just gone. scored. That's awesome. I love that. And it was fun because I used to ref with, like, 60-year-old men that couldn't keep up, and I was the only one that could, like, run with these these kids. So, like, I was running with wow, them, look and it was you, fun. man. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. That's cool, man. All right. Uh, so do you have one for this next segment? Is, it's a word of A indefense. word in defense. This is a new segment we're going <gasps> to try. We're, yeah. Get, uh, this is a new segment that, that we're going to try. 
I, I heard a similar thing on the radio where they were talking about, I think it was on the Pat McAfee show, where they were talking about just like a team or a player or something that was just getting absolutely loaded on and just getting ripped apart and ripped to shreds. Okay. And they were like, hold on, let's talk about this. And I just, I think too often in our sport, people are looking for the negative way to look at something in the world in general, but especially in sports and football. And so I, I, I want to... the ch- negative and also the instant reaction? What? It's the negative no. and also the instant yeah, reaction, right. nobody is a good reason to... Yeah, and nobody wants to take like a step this. back and look at it. So I think this new segment, we're calling it A Word in Defense, where we're going to pick something. Oh. It doesn't have... It's like, yeah, and we're going to do that every time. I'm like, A Word in Defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's our thing now. Um, so... Yeah, we're gonna pick something. It doesn't have to be every week, but you know, if there's something egregious that we want to be like, no, 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 no. let's pause. A word in defense. Let's look at this. All right, word in defense. Of <sighs> personal replay. Go ahead. No, I was just. <laughs> do you, okay, go ahead. Was, do you have one? Oh, I do have one. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think mine's pretty easy. And I feel like you're gonna roll your eyes, but uh, we have to. We have to. Everyone needs to pump the brakes about Tom Brady. <laughs> Okay. It's, okay. It's too much. All right. Everyone is. I respect Getting it. down on the guy, and yeah, he played. He played. I think even there's this. I read this article about like how like when breaking things down, he actually didn't play that bad. I think in a lot of ways he played worse than his stat line that showed. Uh, I mean, so he did pretty positive. He had a fumble. Uh, so he had his two picks. One was a return for a pick six, but. This is a guy where, sure, you can toss all the accolades. Now here's at a guy. Him. Here's a guy. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of like a booger thing to say, but I can't. I can't think of it right now. Just so. say the obvious, and then that's yeah, it. Tom Brady is a quarterback. <laughs> plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There you go. <laughs> so, but he is the greatest of all time, and I feel like yeah. that's a really hard thing to take away from. But this is. A quarterback that came into a new scenario, a new situation, didn't have preseason, and I'm going back and forth on what I think about this. I think to a player like Tom Brady, it is extremely valuable to maybe some younger players in in situations where they're not going to a brand new team to learn brand new playbook. It's maybe like something like this can can possibly work. But Tom Brady going, being forty plus years old, trying to acclimate with new players. It's going to be difficult. And so the first interception was miscommunication with the running back. Uh, The pick six was, in my opinion, just a great play by Janoris Jenkins. The fumble, I don't even remember the fumble. Um, So, yeah, he played really, really poorly. But this is a player that obviously we're not like, oh, it's just so, so sucky and awful. Now, maybe if he goes and throws three more picks this week, we'll, we'll talk about, wow, like this is... This is a really big thing. This is a really big deal. Yeah. But for right now, everyone pump the brakes. Yeah. Uh, and I – listen, I love to have fun with Tom Brady. You know what I mean? It, I'm, <laughs> it's just part of – Is that just, what you call it? It's just part of being is a Bill. Is that what you call it? It's just part of being a Bill's fan. Um, I, will say, I will say that – First in the first half, he looked like surgical Tom. I mean, in the first in, drive, in the it first was drive, in the first draft, I was like, "Oh, here we go again! Oh my god!" Um, and then obviously, it, it turned took a turn for the worse. I mean, two things I just want to say real quick is one, he's playing the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, and obviously, like, there's no crowd, but like, so New Orleans Saints have made it to like the NFC title game 
in the last three years and in the divisional round two of the, the years. You know I mean, like, they're one of the best teams in football, and their yeah. defense has gotten better and better every year. So, like, pump the brakes on that, I will say. Yeah. But another thing I do want to say in word of the other defense is just that, you know, it's not – this isn't – for a lot of people that are jumping on him, I don't think they're taking this into account. But if you were, I would respect it that there were times last year where he looked this bad. You know what I mean? There were times last year where it looked like he was used short-arming throws or miscommunications with people. So, like, I think that a lot of people who are on him aren't thinking about this, and some people are, but, like, there has been regression. So I think so. I think if you're looking at it that way, then, yeah, you know, we'll see it. But I don't. I think it's too early to write the I book on this season. I think if you're doing that, you're not reacting this way because I think the people that are reacting this way are like, oh, oh they're like shocked. This and, is going to be the greatest season we've ever seen at yeah, Tom Brady. Right. So this is Tampa's sixteen and zero. Right. What would right. happen? So if anybody yeah. is realistic, it's like, well, we've seen regression. We yeah. shouldn't be shocked by this. And so. I think that I think that there are I feel like there's going to be a happy middle. Right. I think that there are going to be more games like this certainly when they play tougher defenses, but I think that there're going to be games where I mean, they're when they play uh Carolina this week. Yes. So like Tom's going to have a good game this week. I think so. T- Tom's going to have a good game this week. Maybe they win, maybe they lose, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter cuz I think Carolina's certainly a lot better than people are going to give them credit for, but he's going to have a better game this week. And people are going to be like, "Oh, look, there's Tom. He's fine." And you're, I, this is why I like this segment because we're taking it in the big picture and we're looking at the details. Um, and I think that's important. So that's a good one. My word in defense was going to be about the Cleveland Browns and it came to fruition before I even got to say it because people just loaded on the Browns for getting crushed in week one. They were like, oh, same old Browns. They're getting crushed. My, my word in defense is partly because we have a bet about this, but mostly because <laughs> I'm not – I still remain just as confident about the Browns and what I think they're going to do this year as I did before week one. Okay. I expected them to get crushed by the Ravens. Maybe not to quite the extent it happened, but I expected them to lose handily to the Ravens. Okay. Because the Ravens are a team that we talked about in our preview show that I said, not shocked if they go 16-0. and They're that good. Okay. I, I did not lose an ounce of confidence about Baker Mayfield or Nick Chubb or this offense. And I think that, and first of all, the Bengals are a lot better than people will give them credit for. Let's say that. And but it is the Bengals, who the Browns have been very good against the last couple of years. And obviously, you know Baker's a good quarterback. So when you're a good quarterback, you should beat the lesser teams. But this is also another team you just talked about, Tom Brady with a new coach and a new offense, like. This is a new team that has a new coach and a new and, a, and new pieces to put together on offense and defense, and they're still trying to figure their way out. So, like everybody can, I think, needs to calm down a little bit on the Browns. Like you could still believe that they're a middling team, like you do, or you could still believe that maybe they're not going to be a great team if you do. But like your your biggest, if your biggest argument is, look, they got crushed by the Ravens week one, then you lose credibility to me in your argument because. They were always going to lose to the Ravens week one in Baltimore like that, in my opinion. As somebody who thinks they're going to win 10 games, I always thought that that was going to happen week one. So I'm not super worried about them. We'll see what happens in the in, in, in coming weeks. I think they're still going to lose games that they should win, but I also think they're going to win games that people are going to write them off on. And I think that's the type of season that they're going to have. And they're going to be confusing and they're going to be frustrating. <laughs> but I think at the end of the end of the year, they're going to win those nine or ten games and get into the playoffs. That's that's how what I've always thought. And it week one didn't change my mind. And I just 
I don't like the and this is similar to the Tom Brady Warden defense where like I don't like this mob mentality where people overreact to week one and just run on people. And that's why I like this segment. Okay. So Well, you've mentioned you've referenced this bet two times. I feel like we've never told Oh, do we really never talk about it? Sketch listeners what it well, is. I think that they always assume we're gonna have a Browns bet. <laughs> At this but point, yes, Josh it and I has become a thing. Josh and I have a very contentious bet. Contentious because we both argued over the what the initial bet was. Yes. <laughs> I should say the initial bet happened when we both had been drinking that night, and we were going. And the schedule had come out like a couple days before. This was still during quarantine, I think, like yes. near the end of it when we and we were going through schedules and I was like I see 10 wins or I was like 11 wins and Josh was like I see 5 or 6 and we and we're I did see I see 6 and we're contentious we were contentious over that and then we came to agreement on a bet that I thought so I also have him beating Cincinnati so so regardless I'm still not worried either so regardless uh, you want to explain the bet to them yes so what is it 9 wins I thought it was nine wins the whole time, but you said it wasn't. So it was ten wins, that's but we agreed content. on nine. Okay, okay, cool. So, originally, once upon a time, we bet that the Browns would win ten games, but then okay. Adam realized that that was too much, so he said we bet nine. Are you trying to so bait me into making the bet on ten bet because you're because you're not as confident about nine? <laughs> no, I feel perfectly <laughs> fine. I've mapped it out so far. Everything that's oh, happened okay. still is, is, is on schedule. So when Adam loses, when the Browns do not win nine games, he has to get his back waxed, <laughs> which we'd tried once previously. It was very painful. Prior to a cruise, uh, and I did a very bad job. So we're going to get uh, professionals. It doesn't mean we're going to a place, but we're going to get other people that know what they're doing to help. So it is more successful. Yep. And if... Um, the Browns do win nine or more games. If COVID hits the NFL and a majority of players <laughs> opt out in every NFL city except for Cleveland, and the Browns win nine games, I can't, I can't remember the last time you and I were so confidently in opposition. Like I think that then, I think for the most part, when we're, when we're contentious, like we can concede understanding the other side, but we're so. I feel like on this show, though, we've made some. I, I doubled down after Manny Sanders towards that's ACL. True. I doubled that's true. down saying he was going to have a more successful. Oh, uh, that was hubris. I bet you. That was hubris. I bet you my hair last year. You did bet my hair last year on the Browns. So. You're... So I've always been pretty confident on this. So I'm just when, excited about so when this. that happens, so... I have to give Adam a coupon book <laughs> saying basically that I'll be a good friend. Because clearly I fail at that. That's not what I said. <laughs> I know. It's so it, funny. It's just so intense that mine is you have to wax your back. Well, yours was more intense initially, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. <laughs> I wanted you to get a, a tramp stamp. Josh was like... <laughs> but then I retracted it because I felt so bad. Josh was like, you get a tramp stamp. And I was like, can I have a coupon? Like, Actually, that wasn't even what it was. Like, I want to pick a movie. It wasn't even oh, what it yeah, was. Yeah, I offered the coupon book. You're like, I want to watch a movie I with you. I just wanted to pick a 
I was like, I'll let you pick a few things. Oh, too much. So, wow, that's hysterical. Yes, but so, I, yes. I, be, I backtracked Ooh. on the tramp stamp because oh, I felt hysterical. so bad that when I won that it was going to happen. But it should show you how confident the two of us are. Yes. Is that is that I was confident enough to bet something like that, and you were confident. So you did shake your hand on that, and which you I was were really, and you were confident about. enough to be like, I'm really worried about this. We should change it. So I, it, this, it should be fun all year long. So oh, wild, fun. All right. So that was award so, and defense presented yes. presented by Backwax. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. So do we want to preview? We want to do some preview week one. Uh, you mean like review week one? Well, the next thing on my docket is preview week two. I was gonna say my my next thing on the preview week one. Yeah, so the (laughs) Dallas Cowboys are gonna head out to LA, guys. Yep, that's gonna be. No, you're previewing week two. I'm previewing week one. So that was the show, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) No, just kidding. I'm sorry. Just I didn't. The next thing on my schedule is Pals Picks, and I know we're not doing that right now. We're there's something else. Pals Picks. Oh, sorry. Can't do it yet. You got me excited. We can't do it yet. I heard it. I am excited for Pals Picks. Yeah. So let's let's recap. Yes. Week one. Yes. Let's talk about one thing that I want to talk about is uh, the Seattle Seahawks going out and taking on the Atlanta Falcons. You. This was a previous Pals Pick. You would. Taken Atlanta. I did. And it was a it was a really good game. I I think. And in, Seattle in pulled opinion. away at the end a little bit, and Atlanta tried to come back and all that. But one of the it was I a good game. Like there are a few highlights here to talk about. So uh, during the off season, there was the let Russ cook and let him play the game the way that a quarterback of Russell Wilson's caliber is able to do, and I really feel like. In a lot of ways, they said they weren't going to do that, but I feel like they really did. They I absolutely feel like did. He came out and was throwing a lot in the beginning of the game. He was making plays with his legs early on. I can't. Chris Carson got involved with the passing game, which I remember even you were like, yeah, "Wow, had, this is like a big deal." He had six catches, two um, touchdowns. Like he, yeah, was, I believe the first two touchdowns of the game were those two touchdowns. They were. So they got him involved in the passing game early, which was was really cool. So obviously I tip my cap to to my man, Russell Wilson. So I just want to flip it over to you because you were high, or I assume still are high, on the Atlanta Falcons. You had them winning the division. So was there anything about this game that made you step back and be like, oh, dang, Atlanta, what's up? Didn't love the slow start. That that bothered me. Okay. Is that they really, I mean, in the first quarter it was 14-3. to and I was like, okay, guys. And the three was like at the end of the quarter. Like the, Seattle was up fourteen okay. nothing. I think I could be wrong about that. I thought they were at fourteen nothing, but regardless. But then they scored nine in the second quarter, and then at the start of the second half, Seattle put up fourteen nothing in the third quarter. So like, I don't, I didn't love that they came out of the gate and they came out of the second half. Like that worries me a little bit. Is does that make you worried in, about the team? Worried about the coaching? Because Dan Quinn's a, <laughs> awkwardly a, a little bit about the coaching, and I was very stalwart about that when I picked them. Yeah, but that does say a lot about that. But I will say this: four hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns for Matt Ryan. Oh, he uh, still got it. That's Todd cool. Gurley scored. Three receivers with nine catches over 100 yards. Uh, Julio Jones had 157, Calvin Ridley 130 and two touchdowns, and Russell Gage 114. Uh, ironically, we're talking about them playing Dallas this week, who you predicted the three 1,000-yard receivers, but, like, yeah, watch I, out I, Atlanta. I threw Atlanta <laughs> um, in that group. I, of course, I've said Hayden Hurst. You said Hayden Hurst, regardless. Gage, but but they, also, all, they also all had – 
they also all had over nine targets, all three of these guys. And obviously that they were trying to throw their way back into it. But, yeah. like, this is what this team is. They're a throwing football team. Um, I just – I know that this offense is going to be – is going to show up like that every week. And, sure, they're not going to put up 450 from Matt Ryan every week and three 100-yard receivers every week. Okay. But I know that offense is capable of that no matter who they play against. It's just about their defense coming together. And there were moments where the defense had some really nice stands against Russell, who, by the way, had his greatest game of his career with 31 to 35, 322, and four touchdowns, no picks. Like, he went nuts. Let Russ cook. Exactly. I mean, I mean I'm not on Twitter anymore, but Twitter must have been nuts over Russell Wilson doing this. So I think that this says more about how good Seattle is and how good they're going to be the rest of the season. Um, which is, I mean, I obviously I love Seattle most of Wilson, but like that was way better than I ever expected it to look, especially week one. Okay. So I think it says more about that and less about what Atlanta's going to be. But I'm I'm encouraged with how well their offense played, and it's going to be a fascinating game against against the Cowboys, who obviously took a hard loss um, in SoFi Stadium opening for from LA. But I. I, like both these teams lost week one, and there's a lot of urgency to win week two. Uh, this was going to be a tidbit, but it's a good point to bring it up now. In 2019, 11 of the 12 teams that made the playoffs all won in week one. Okay. The only one that made it was Houston, who fell to the Saints on Monday night. So That was a fun game. And this is the first season that there's a 14-team playoff format. So a little bit different, possibly. But these are two teams that, you know, statistically when you start 0-2 – you know, it gets a lot tougher. It's very tough, and and I'm not, I'm not gonna say I'm not a numbers guy or statistics guy or even an analytics guy because I bring it up all the time, but I do think that there's sometimes where, you know, you can spout out statistics all you want, but like, new statistics are made every day, and history is changed every day. So okay. you can go on two and come back from it. It certainly happened before, and it will happen many times from now on. So it's not going to write off the story of whatever team goes 0-2 here because one of them is going to. Um, but, yeah, you know, in recapping week one, like I said, I, I, I'm i very impressed with this offense. I thought it would be this good. And uh, I think their defense is just going to continue to grow and get better. Because there, there are pieces who were injured who are back who didn't have last year to play together. So, you know, like Keanu Neal and uh, – Shoot, Deion, is it, it Dion Jones? Jones? Thank you, two guys that we both love. So, <laughs> Dion, uh, Dion, love, love that guy. <laughs> All right, I'm throwing out a new segment at you right now. Oh yeah, let's do it. We gotta, we gotta go. No huddle. We are running out of time, and we have lots of things to talk about. So I'm gonna okay. throw out some some things about week one that I think right. are worth talking about, and I need you to answer them uh, quickly. Sure. Rapid. So here we go. No huddle. We had. Gardner Minshew, the quarterback that you mentioned at the beginning Love of the opening, uh, they Minshew. took on the Indianapolis Colts. He had three uh, touchdowns, no picks. There we go. So this was a team that a lot of people had written off for the year, and uh, you were high on the Colts, saying that they were a Super Bowl contender. Is this the same old Phillip? Can they get back on track? Is this a changing of the guard? Are the Jags legit? Answer those questions real quick for me. No, it, I'm still confident, staying with my pick. Colts still winning the Super Bowl this year. And I think week one was just a blip. There were people were writing off Gardner his whole career, literally his whole career. And uh, he just came out and punched somebody in the mouth. 
So okay. Minshew magic, man. Yeah, so Philip is notoriously slow in uh, the opening weeks of his career. Uh, for his career in the first five weeks, he is 33 and 36. That's yeah. the first five weeks of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, through his career from weeks 12 through 17, he is 56 and 29. So he comes on strong late, mm-hmm. oftentimes late in the year. So let's go over to the Monday night football games real quick. So the Steelers took on the New York Jets yeah, and shut game. down Saquon Barkley. Completely shut down Saquon Barkley. What does that say about the Steelers' defense? What does it say about the New York Jets' offense or Giants' offense? Excuse me. Cause for concern? What's up with those? Giants' offense, I think, is going to be better than people think this year. I mean, Darius Slayton, the guy that with your bold prediction being you said he was going to be the best receiver in the NFC East at the end of the year. After week one, it's true. After week one, it's very true. And he had a great, great day. I think the Giants' offense is going to be a lot better than people think because they were able to put up what they did against the Steelers' defense, which is as advertised. People have been touting this defense all offseason. We talked about how they, with a fourth-string quarterback, they won eight games last year. Wildly impressive. This team is a team to be reckoned with and to worry about. The Ravens need to stay focused if they're going to beat them. Last thing to talk about, uh, go to that second Monday night game where Steven Guskowski missed three field goals, one extra point. Uh, they are backing him. Vrabel says he believes in him. So far, it is Friday. They did not sign another kicker, so they are rolling with Guskowski week two. How do you feel about that? <laughs> one of the most clutch kickers, arguably, in the history of the NFL. Just get wild on Monday night. It's Say insane. He was clutch to win the game. I think he'll be game fine. I think he'll be fine. I Like I said, I, I, I really think that Tennessee deserved to lose that game, personally, after watching... Yeah, and beyond the Guskowski, we have we see another example of a Vic Bangio defense. Def, oh, sorry, Denver Broncos go down in the closing seconds of a game. And people were very, very much on his tail about his clock management at the end of that game in terms of not using timeouts. And one of his things he said was he was like, "The kicker missed four kicks. I was really not that worried until they got to the goal line." And he was like, "And then two of the three plays where I would have called timeouts was out of bounds and incompletion, so I didn't call a timeout to waste it." Um, so regardless, uh, I'm not super worried about Gostowski. I just am lower on the Tennessee Titans to begin with this year. Okay, perfect. Well, that was no huddle for week one. Uh, let's preview a couple week two games. We talked about the Bills going down to Miami. Let's talk about uh, one of the teams we just talked about, the Minneapolis Vikings traveling to take on Philly Rivers and those Colts. I like that you call them the Minneapolis Vikings. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that still in two minute mode. People, people, right. people were so pumped about both these teams coming in, me included. Obviously, the Colts are my Super Bowl pick, but I really think this is more about like that Vikings defense is not as good as we thought it was going to be. I mean, they lost a lot of talent in the secondary, and obviously, Aaron Rodgers tore them to shreds. Um, I really expect Philip Rivers to have a huge game this week, and I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a big day. Like I just think this offense is going to put up a lot of points, and Kirk's going to have to match it. And that's what that's that's what is going to come down. Can Kirk Cousins match the offense of, okay. of the Colts? Do you feel like the turnover bug follows Rivers in? I want to say key moments. Uh, obviously, a turnover anytime is not great. But I feel like a lot of the times in recent years we've seen him turn it over just when they can't. I mean, it was twi- he, his two interceptions came in the fourth quarter at the end of the game last week when they were trying to drive and win. So I mean, I think 
when you're a quarterback that's 40 years old and you've had this long of a career, like we know who you are. There are going to be times where he has the back-breaking turnover. It's just who he is. Uh, I just don't see it being as much of an issue this year because, one, I see him having better ability to close out games with this offensive line and this backfield than he did in years past. But also I don't see him having to do that as often. Okay. Let's talk about another game that we kind of previewed, sort of, kind of. The Falcons traveling to take on the Cowboys in the Cowboys' home opener. We So we talked about, I mean, we talk about the Cowboys all the time. And, uh, you know, Mike brought up when we did our preview that, you know, we talked about Dak not having winning record against good teams. And Mike brought up a good point. He was like, basically every great quarterback doesn't have a good win percentage against teams. He was like, right now Breeze is like 50% and everybody else is lower than that, which is a good point to bring up. Like when good teams play, somebody's got to lose. You know what I mean? So that, that makes sense. But I will say this. That's important. Dallas was up 14-13 to 13 at half against L.A. They were 8-0 last season when up at halftime. Obviously, okay. it came down to a call at the end. Uh, but this is something we talked about. If you're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, you don't get to put up 17 points and then blame it on a play call. Or yeah. blame it on a ref. Yes. You know I what I mean? And I get it. I get it. Like, that's a tic-tac-y call that isn't always called. And that's fine. You can say that if you want to whatever that's honestly my response to that is whatever if you want to be this world beater team that you think is going to be as good as an offense as the Chiefs which a lot of people are saying and be a division winner and a Super Bowl favorite you don't get to put up 17 points in week one and and then complain about a ref losing you the game you need to score more points I don't care who you're playing against okay so we'll see what happens against Atlanta, Russell Wilson just put up four touchdowns and no picks against them it torched them for 38 points if Dak can't do that against this defense, then I don't want to hear any more talk about Dak being a Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes type quarterback because at least not until he shows something like that. I know I'm being kind of harsh right now, but like I don't want to hear anybody saying that if he can't do something like that. Obviously, like Russell had a great game, and you know sure, you're not sure, always sure. going to have that type of game. But like this offense should be able to do as much against this Atlanta defense, and if they can't, then we're going to have to have a serious conversation about them next week. All right, yeah, so I'll throw out these this tidbit for you. So Dak has never thrown a touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons. Wait, really? They, they haven't. It's not like these well, two how many teams times have they played? meet up. I believe they've met twice. Okay. I believe the Cowboys have won both times, but Dak's never thrown a touchdown against them. Interesting. Little tidbit. That's fascinating. This is also a little tidbit about the game. Matt Ryan has not won a September or October road game since October of 2017. That was his MVP season. The last time they won a, a early season road game. Wow. That blows my mind. Wow. So obviously, that I'm, is I'm very insane. willing to bet the, the Dak touchdown thing falls. Maybe oh, yeah, those absolutely. stats will fall. We'll, we'll see. I expect this to be literally like a 38-35 game. Like I really think these teams are going to run. Like if you're playing fantasy football, start every player you can in this game. <laughs> I'm just letting you know right now. See, I do have a league where I have Julio and Ridley putting both in. Play both of them. <laughs> uh, the last game I want to talk about real quick is the Lions traveling to Lambeau to take on the Packers. Last year, the Lions lost game. both games yeah. by a combined four points. Fascinating game right here. I have no... Kenny Galladay is going to be out again, which really hurts. I mean, like, Stafford, one of the reasons he was on his MVP tear last year in the first half was he was going deep, a huge percentage of throws, and most of it was because of Kenny Galladay. He doesn't have him. That limited him against Detroit against 
uh, Chicago, but they should have won that game. You're up 23-6. to six. You win that game. How bad do you feel if you are Swift? Terrible. And I feel so bad for the kid. I mean, we were watching it live, and I was like, oh, my God, they did it. And then he dropped it. I mean, it was right in his hands. I mean, I I feel so bad for them. I Listen, I think I'm picking the Packers. I'll have to double-check on that, I think, I because I already did my weekly picks. Okay. Uh, but I'm not going to be shocked if, if Detroit wins this game because I think Detroit is probably pissed. Hot take? Matt Patricia is the first coach who gets fired this year. I don't hate that, and it is a hot take, but it's going to be Adam Gase, and it's going to be before week five. You know what? I really <laughs> I, I want to be like I'm right but I feel it's like gonna, you're probably right it's gonna, they're going to they're gonna watch you're, them get boat raced this weekend by the 49ers and then come get fired at like week 3 or week 4 maybe let's just maybe they'll both get fired the same week that'd be fun so we're both right I don't want anybody to lose their jobs but it would still be fun <laughs> uh, that is a preview of a couple upcoming games yeah. this week so let's keep this boat rolling since we are about to hit our hour mark. Let's yeah. get over to our – do you want to do what, – what's your order now at this point? For what? Your order just of the show. I mean, My next thing is Pals Picks. Is it Pals Picks? Do we do Pals Picks then Fantasy Fanatics? Yeah, we do Pals Picks, Fantasy Fanatics. Then if we have tidbits, then we'll do our Friends Fortunes. Okay. So Pals Picks, you already got a leg up because I gave you the Thursday night since we – he did, after. yes. Just so, so you know, he did give me the Thursday Adam night before. Adam had the Bengals at Browns. He did correctly take the Browns. Uh, so a recap of last It got dicey week. for a second there. <laughs> kind of, sort of. So I went a perfect 3-0 and to start the season. Uh, incredible. And went 1-2. and Josh, Josh took it very personally that he's never won Pals picks. I'm really out there trying. So Adam now sits on Friday the 18th with a record of 2-2. Two and two. So, yeah. It's time for... Picks. Oh yeah! All right, so, like so I, I got said, to pick my games first yeah, this week, I will right? Throw your games to you since we have already kind of dived in dope, dived dope into them. So you correctly picked the Browns at home. So the next game I'm giving you is the Denver Broncos travel to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. A huge game. I mean, I we were we were both higher on the Broncos this year. We believed in Drew Locke, and he looked very good at times. Uh, I mean, that certainly the touchdown to Fant is everything you love about the kid rolling out of the pocket. He's got the arm strength to like make that off-target throw that we said he was very Aaron Rodgers-esque in the way that he plays the game. Uh, then it obviously slowed down in the second half, and they were not able to put up more than 14 points. Uh, Titans defense very good. Steelers defense very much better. So I'm just going to pick the Steelers here. Um, I will say this. You're much higher on the Steelers than I am, but I'm – moving closer to you than I am not. Okay. Especially after what they did to Saquon week one. Okay. So. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, last game I have, I feel like you've kind of already told us the answer, but the newly coined Minneapolis Vikings yeah. traveling <laughs> to take on the Colts. Yeah, I'm picking the Colts here, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, picking the Colts here. Uh, I feel kind of bad because I love Kirk Cousins in this, in this team, and I don't think this team is going to – be terrible, but I think they're just going to be a middle of the pack squad, uh, and I have to stick with my Super Bowl pick. They're going to right. win, win this division, and they're going to get all the way. So I'm going with the Colts. You know, I I'm upset about this because this is how I would have picked these games too. So I feel good about you. Here. Okay. All right. So let's all right. Uh, recap. You took the Browns. 
you also had the Steelers beating the Broncos and the Colts beating the Vikings. You went with all three home teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got to pick the games first this week because you picked them first last week, right? That's yes. what happened. I forgot. So we're going to go right to the Sunday night game. We're going to go to the New England Patriots at the Seahawks. Uh, obviously, I can see the our official record, so I see what, who you're picking. But I gave you this game because you were so high on the Pats. Um, and I figured that it's a tough challenge for you to pick between them. And obviously, they had a good week one. So, Yeah, uh, I, I am still relatively high on the Pats. Uh, they came through for me last week in the pick. Uh, but I, in Russ, I trust. And I think... Obviously, they did a lot of great things. You have a stat about Cam Newton. I think you, what, ran 15 times? Is that? Yeah, 15 times, 75 yards, two touchdowns. So that's obviously uber impressive, and they did have a a dropped touchdown pass. I don't know if that led to one of the rushing touchdowns. I'm not sure. But they didn't have an offensive explosion, which, to be fair, you would probably expect. This is similar to Tom Brady. He was a new quarterback coming into a completely new system, hadn't worked with these guys. Let's take with a grain of salt that they didn't do that great. But they had... Three turnovers put up less than 20 points. And I feel like... 21 points. Oh, I thought for some reason it was 17. Uh, So they did put up 21, okay. But I just feel like if that's all you can do against the Miami Dolphins when they're handing you the football, that's not going to happen when you travel across the country to take on a team of this caliber with a quarterback like Russell Wilson. He's not going to give you those opportunities. They're going to score more points than... Ryan Fitzpatrick and and the Dolphins, so I just see this one being a pretty steady Seattle game. I think it's going to be a good game. It's not going to be something where Seattle rolls over, but I don't see it being a huge challenge for the Seahawks to win. And I will say this. It was kind of fun to watch Cam Newton fist-bumping Josh McDaniels on the sideline. Like They were just having a lot of fun, and I can't remember the last time I said that it looked like any Pat's staff was having fun. So, <laughs> oh, regardless. Uh, so, game number two, we've talked a lot about both these teams in the show today, but the Falcons, the home over for the Cowboys, both 0-1. We talked about 11 of the 12 playoff teams last year, one week one, both lost. Got to get a win a week, too. Who's yeah, it? I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm so happy I gave you this game to talk about because I feel like people are going to be tired of me re- picking against <laughs> the fine. Cowboys. Mike can text me and, and yell at me this time <laughs> instead of yelling you. Although I know you've already picked the Falcons. I did pick the Falcons. And he railed you out, too. But when I watched the Cowboys play the Rams, there wasn't a whole lot that I was overly impressed with. Okay. I was impressed with some of their skill positions. C.D. Lamb, I think, played really, really well. He looks very good. He did look very good. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the strength of their defense is their defensive line did not scare me one bit. I feel like if you let a player like Malcolm Brown, who people say isn't even the most talented running, running back on his team, when he goes off and becomes somebody that people are talking about that's not going to bode well for you i think they didn't do a great job they got the rams last week got away a little bit from running or uh throwing the football but robert woods got hot 100 uh, yards and did really well at times i feel like now you're going to be taking on different beasts with the falcons receivers so i think the loss of byron jones is going to show up once again and and not having a player like Earl Thomas that they could have gotten. They never made the trade for for an Adams. So I feel like it's just really going to be a Falcons coming out party. And the Matty Ice road thing gets broken there. So you're – so 
right now it's more bad Cowboys than good Falcons, but just give me like 10 seconds on good Falcons. What do you see in this game? Yeah, I just see, I like I said, you you shouted out Matt Ryan is he put up 450. He's not yeah. going to do that, but he proved he's a quarterback capable of doing that. People talk about what garbage time is or if that matters. I think it absolutely does. There are quarterbacks, for example, let's go to, to week one with the Browns. So they were way, way, way down. They still didn't do anything. It's not like Baker started lighting it up. So even right. if you're down, there are teams that are capable of doing that. There are players that are capable of doing that. Matt Ryan showed that he and they also is weren't that kind of quarterback. And just, just to kind of wrap it up on them, like they also – it wasn't like – that's it's also far different. Like – the Seahawks didn't stop trying to stop them. They weren't up by that much. Right, yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? like, they were still playing. The Falcons were still playing to get a victory. Yeah, so good points, good points. All right, then we're going to go to our last one, Rams at Eagles. This should be an interesting one. The Eagles are getting offensive line help back, and they're also getting Miles Sanders back. They are certainly getting a lot of help back, but still I don't see it being quite enough. I'm going with the L.A. Rams traveling out to Philly. There's a very interesting stat. I can't remember it now. I don't have my notes pulled up, but that is okay. Um, I can't remember. It's it's somewhere between two and four that they, a Sean McVay team has traveled out east to play in a one o'clock slate, and they are oh. undefeated while doing that. Okay. Uh, they put up an over an average of thirty points while doing that. So a lot of people like try to say like the time lapse thing is a big deal. I haven't always been. You've on always, that I was gonna say you've always I've been opposite really of that. Really kind yeah. of ignored that, but Sean McVay is definitely. His teams are absolutely proving it wrong. Yeah. So kind of similar to what I you said, like bad Cowboys. I think there was just really bad Eagles, and I feel like there was a really good Rams where, sure, the Eagles are getting offensive line help back, but they're going to be playing a dominant defender in, in Aaron Donald. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, who, de- that line looked good. They were all over the place. I feel like they still don't necessarily have all the defensive pieces, the cornerbacks, the defensive backs to, to hang with these wide receivers. And I just uh, I have more faith in, in the Rams. Yeah, we're so theoretically we're all agreement on all pals picks for both sides this week, okay. which is not which is kind of a rarity. But, but that's I don't fun. know if that's ever happened. But that's fun. So hopefully we both go three zero and I get closer and. We'll see what happens. There we go. Well, that, so that will be fun. House pick sponsored by. We had a sponsor at one point, jokingly, and I forgot who it was. I, I don't remember. I do remember. I think you might have said Wegmans. It is. That's House pick sponsored by Wegmans. So I had the Seattle Seahawks beating the Pats on Sunday night, the Falcons beating the Cowboys, and the Rams beating the Eagles. So two NFC East teams going down to zero and two still makes mm-hmm. me feel pretty confident, though, that the doubt. Cowboys will be the ones to claw their way out to win in a bad division. Alrighty. So let's go to Fantasy Fanatics. Quick little segment that we're going to. Fantasy! Yeah, yeah. Quick little segment we're going to do every week about fantasy football because we also want to update you on our simultaneous catch league, which yeah, we won. We, have we, to, won. we have to we shout won. ourselves out. We, we won in a pretty incredible way. <laughs> I will say we were the second we were the second highest scoring team. So and we beat the third highest scoring team. So it was a pretty crazy week for sure between everything, um, and it was a close match between them. But we came down to Monday night where we had Juju Smith-Schuster, and that was it. And they had James Conner and Saquon Barkley, 
and Juju, of course, Josh was very high on him. We swung a trade for him before week one. Juju put up two touchdowns, 22 points. This is in standard half-point PPR. So he put up 22 points for us. Saquon Barkley, nine. James Conner, three. <laughs> so it was pretty incredible. We won by two points, and the la- we were rooting until the last second, and that last Juju touchdown put us ahead. And it just made me – it made me happy for so many reasons. Like you said, the fact that you be kind of begrudgingly was like, okay, was let's, like, let's, let's go it. get Juju and <laughs> – but more so than that, I remember you telling me, like, giving me an update because I can't follow the team. We need to make our own account for it. Yeah. So we can do that. <laughs> but you, you gave me an update, and I, you said if he catches, like, one pass here or something, I was like, this is going to be a touchdown right here. And it was. And it, was a it was awesome. So <laughs> that was really exciting. But yeah. more so than that, let's just talk about the irony that it came down to Saquon Barkley, the guy that we we're wanted. Pick, that we yeah, were going to we pick. Like, this is our guy. I was going to say, if you listened to our live of the draft, we were sold before, on taking Saquon. We were like, okay, number two, Saquon Barkley is and our guy. This, this team took in. Saquon first overall. And so we were like, I guess we settle for Christian McCaffrey, who so, put up two touchdowns and one. It was awesome. It was so much fun. But, you know, honestly, <laughs> that that is the game of fantasy. It's it is. More often than not, better to be lucky than good. Absolutely. So uh, things like that just, just shake, shake yeah. that way. I can't remember... Your your player that you'd it was up. Chris Thompson who oh, was terrible. Yes, he, did, he did not. I can't remember who your player was. Mine was Jacobs. Okay, so he you were right. Three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. So, um, oh right, because you didn't understand the segment. How do I not understand? The I segment? said it was supposed to be a player who was like on the outskirts, not a guy you picked in the first round. I didn't pick Josh Jacobs. It's fine. In the first round. It's fine. Just to give you a quick update of the simultaneous catch team. Right now in our lineup, we've got Wilson, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Chark, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson. We just picked up Jimmy Graham because George Kittle was just listed as out for Sunday, so we needed a tight end play. And right now on our bench, new additions were Scotty Miller, the receiver from the Bucks. I did pick him up. And Paris Campbell, who had a big game for the Colts, although that's a player that we can move around. But we still have Sammy Watkins, Ronald Jones, Deontay Johnson, and Cortland Sutton on our oh, bench. Oh, we do still have Johnson? We do still have Deontay. Um, so okay. we'll talk about who's going to be our flex this week, but right now the rest of the lineup is pretty set. So I just also we picked up LA's defense to play against Philly. I made the exact, I made that executive decision because wow, rude. So we'll say the biggest uh, mishap. Obviously, there was no way to really forecast it, but talking about being lucky better than good sometimes, we dropped Emmanuel Sanders, who is now yeah. Just that prone. did that did kind of that did kind of hurt. I, he was I went to see just in case if nobody picked him up, but he isn't <laughs> he is not available. So because uh, that would have obviously been somebody that we would have had, but we did have Emmanuel Sanders at some point, and um, I will say this that Emmanuel Sanders did not. Um, really become like have a good game last year last week until Thomas was out for a couple of snaps so I still feel good that like we moved on from him because we didn't think that it would be super solid and obviously we did it to pick up Sammy Watkins who I still believe is gonna be good this season so we'll see what happens for sure but it was very unlucky that 
we drop him, and then a week later, it's like he's the starting receiver. So, um, so yeah. All right. So, so I'm going to go with player another, of the week. I'm going with another big name. I don't even. That's care. okay. That's okay. I'm going with Mike Evans. I'm all over Mike Evans. This that's a, week. see. That's a great. This, this this is what the segment is for because people there are a lot of people who are talking about they want to get rid of Evans that they're worried about whether or not they should start Evans this week. So this is a good one. I am all over it. The Chris Godwin's going to be out after the. One catch, two yard, one touchdown performance last week. Arians was like, "We have a six foot guy, five guy that runs uh, four five. We yeah. need to get him involved. We're going to do that." Anytime that a coach comes out and says he's going to get a player involved, I highly believe it's going to happen. I feel like Godwin being out only makes it even more probable that he's going to have a good game. They are playing the Carolina Panthers. I don't see a huge threat in that. I feel like. The Raiders did really well. Uh, obviously, did really well on the ground, but they did get some stuff going on through the air. I'm very high on Mike Evans this week. Yeah, uh, I'm actually my player of the week is in the same offense on the same team, and it's wide receiver Scotty Miller. Oh, because yeah, we don't. Yeah, so we don't know. For first of all, he did this last week when Evans and Godwin were on on the field. He had. Uh, he caught five of his six targets for seventy three yards, and he also had a rush for six yards. So. He did this last week with both of them on the field. Godwin might not be on the field. He's in concussion protocol right now. May not even be on I'm the field. I'm positive. And I, even, I think it is being said that he's he was at questionable. Pra- he was at practice today, really, so we'll see what happens. But even if he does play, like, when you put up – one thing we know about Tom Brady, when you put up numbers, he's going to go back to you until you stop. Uh, and then if you get to a certain point, he's just going to keep going back to you because he knows you've done it before. And so Scotty Miller showed out. We we, we didn't know between who was going to be the third third option there between Scotty Miller or a lot of people were high on Justin Watson. Like there were, we didn't know who was going to be that third option. It seems to be Scotty Miller. I think that especially if Godwin's out, this is a guy that you could probably find on your waiver wire, put in your flex if you're in desperate need with all the injuries to Kenny Galladay and Corton Sutton and of course Chris Godwin. Like there's a lot of injuries early on already, especially at the wide receiver position this is a guy that i think you can definitely get to start out especially in ppr but even in standard formats i think that he is a smash play this week all right i like it so obviously right. we're coming around on the tambo base having a little yeah, bit of a like i said like i said I, I i we said it earlier when we talked about it in a word of defense i'm confident that this offense is gonna be very good this week so. Well, all right. So all we have left is friend's fortune, right? Yeah, we forgot to do it last week. Oh, I will weird. say yeah, that I, I told you what mine would have been, and it was hysterically wrong. So I don't remember it. Well, then I'm not going to share it. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, then so I will goodbye. Leave. We're going to do this whole rough cut thing where we don't even cut this anymore. As wow. the person walks away, we need to be talking as it happens. And then we're going to yell, and it's going to spike. All right. Friend's fortune week so we didn't do it week one. Um, Josh was singing, and it's beautiful. So we're going to take a trip, and we're going to go to the Jacksonville, Tennessee game. Yes, that's right. It's time for some more Minshew magic. This is a team that everybody said was the slam dunk, number one overall pick. They're taking a quarterback. They're taking Trevor Lawrence. They're tanking for Trevor, and that's not going to happen. The Tennessee has won five out of the last six games in Jacksonville. Jacksonville is an underdog in this game, of course. Um, and Gardner Minshew, last week, three touchdowns, no picks. What's going to happen this week? Gardner Minshew is going to throw multiple touchdowns again and no picks in a victory over the Tennessee Titans. And now we're going to get Josh back in here. 
Actually, it wasn't that bad because I moved my head away. But I said we're not we're not we're just not editing this. So, part. do you ever think about the idea that you're not really afraid to be alone in the dark? You're really afraid because you're not alone. That's why you're afraid of the dark. I was thinking about that. I was I was well. I'm gonna think about that when I go to my closet spot. I was thinking about that as I was in my dark room. Just really wanted him to fall while he was running. Away. So I'm going back to that Dallas home opener for my friend's fortune. Uh, we talked about how this was going to be a high-scoring game, which probably means it's going to be low-scoring. But I am going to say that the two teams combined for over 1,000 total yards in this game. Rushing, throwing. It's going to be on Zeke. It's going to be on Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley. Get him going. These wide receivers from these these. This is probably going to be one of the best wide receiver matchups that we could see. Julio, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Calvin Ridley, Michael Gallup, Gage if you're into him. So 1,000 total yards we're going to see on Sunday afternoon in Dallas in, a, in an Atlanta loss. You heard it here. All right. So yeah, you weren't afraid to be alone in the dark. You were afraid of the dark because you might not be alone. Isn't that a weird thought? I was alone. Um, I will say this. Normally I can hear rumblings from your friend's fortune when I'm in there, but you were really quiet during that one. I didn't hear it. I'm a like peep. on a whole whole new level this year. Here's another friend's fortune. We're both going to get them right this week. All right. So I love it. We're going to start 1-0 because you've also won friend's fortune every year too. I have. You have, because I've only ever gotten like two. Like you have, you have like five. <laughs> Although I will say, I was very. It's con- because you I was go very kind. The things where I go crazy. David Peterman's gonna throw five touchdowns. <laughs> First friends fortune ever. First of all, it was three. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> You don't have any tidbits? I don't have any tidbits. I, have, I threw my tidbits in throughout the episode. I normally do that, but I do have one tidbit that we didn't get to. Uh, in week one, five quarterbacks led their team in rushing. They all went 5-0. and Wow. It's a new NFL. So, yeah, thanks for listening to another episode of Simultaneous Catch. Make sure you like and follow us on Facebook. Right now that's kind of our main format of getting the show out. Uh, make sure you leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. But tell your friends about that. Actually, I, been, I don't know why I haven't said this. Our viewership doubled for week one. Way to be Le- Legitimately, like, we got double the amount of listeners for week one. So please, like, let your friends know. We'd love to get more audience interaction. So, you know, share the Facebook group. Comment in the Facebook group. Uh, we'll do more, more posts and stuff just to get people's opinions. But uh, we'd love to continue to grow this community and just talk football with people that we like. You know what I mean? That's what the show is all about. I just joked about we're doing it rough cut. We're not cutting anything out. But that's kind of what – the vibe of our show is it's just two pals talking about football that we love. You know what I mean? And that's what I want it to be. You're going to make Shut a joke. I knew you were going to do it. I saw, <laughs> I saw it brewing behind your eyes <laughs> as I was being nice. Uh, but, yeah. So shout-outs. Yes, that's what I wanted to do. So our friend Mackenzie Hewitt from – you went to school with her. I did. And I know her 
from high school because we did a church softball catcher. That's awesome. It was terrifying. Uh, we also work together now, but she is a friend. Their friends live in Pittsburgh. They have a new podcast called The War Street Diaries, and it's just about growing up on their street in Pittsburgh. Uh, I gave it a listen. It's really cool. It's on Spotify. You can go check it out. Uh, but that's our shout out for this week. Also, shout out to Drama Shop, the theater company that I work for. Uh, we're opening our 60th production this year, at the start of our 10th season. Uh, it's gonna it's live from Drama Shop with Kate and Pat theme. They're gonna do great people. Just the two of them. They're gonna perform a bunch of songs, skits, all that jazz. And then coming up soon is the Blue Bowl monologues, which are original monologues written by the Erie community. Uh, your second favorite simultaneous catch host wrote one of them. And your favorite simultaneous catch host didn't get cast. He didn't audition. Uh, but I'm also directing two of them, so make sure you check that out. It's, it's even worse be... that I didn't get cast. It is, right? I would have cast you, which is crazy. But yeah, anything else? My shout-out is uh, to our rival podcast, Fantasy Team, that we beat. That's right. C- Suck it, guys. CWI Fantasy Sports, the team that we beat. I, I let them know that we're going to talk about them on the show. I don't know if they're going to listen to us. No, But they won't. Uh, yeah, shout-out to CWI Fantasy Sports that we beat. I hope they did a similar thing. It was like, can you believe Can you believe we didn't take Christopher McCaffrey? Saquon Barkley had negative yards. Incredible. All right, guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with us for a little bit of an extended episode, but we appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great week, too, everyone. We'll be back for week three. God bless.